Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to be together today and for the purpose that, that gathers us, Lord, the opportunity to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ through the airwaves across mm-hmm. Acadiana. Uh, we ask a blessing on our community here, our families and friends, and Lord, we ask you to send an outpouring of your spirit uh, such that the world has never seen. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citron. Today, our guest is the Director for Office for Catholic Charismatic Renewal. That's a big old title. He's also uh, <laughs> the head man at uh, St. Mary Magdalene. The official title is? so Yeah, St. Mary Magdalene, Director of Parish Renewal and Evangelization. Right. Another big old long That's title. That's a mouthful. <laughs> For most people in Lafayette, they know Mr. John Listy. Welcome to the show, John. Thank you so much, Todd. It's so good to be with you, man. It's it's great to have you here. John and I go way back. John taught my kids everything there is to know about Catholicism, and I owe I really owe a debt of gratitude to him for raising my kids. You know, I'm in the faith, and uh, I, I think their spirituality is 100% owed to you, and I appreciate. Wow. That. Well, praise God. I, I'm sure it's not 100%, but I think it is. It's exciting that those days at St. Thomas More High School were really incredible. It's just an awesome uh, community of faith and to be campus minister there for those seven or eight years uh, man that was a joy and I always still kind of feel it's neat now you know I you kinda, I guess once a cougar always a cougar mm-hmm. so I still feel such a kindred spirit and part of that family community that community uh so I kid, uh, we had Father Champagne on the show not long ago, and I said he's the Pope of the Cajun Catholics, and I think that therefore John Listy's maybe the deacon of the Cajun oh, Catholics, okay. you know, giving you hanging on some big titles for you. But John, for those of you who don't know John Listy, tell tell me a little bit about yourself, your youth, and yeah, sure. So I'm you know I'm born and raised in Abbeville, um, you know, right here in, in the heart of Acadiana. Uh, I graduated from Vermilion Catholic High School, and I'm gonna give a shout out to my Screaming Eagles. Um, boy, that was just an awesome uh, way to grow up in a in a great Catholic family. A member of St. Mary Magdalene Church, received my sacraments there. A, you know, a beautiful parish community. On to Vermilion Catholic, from Vermilion Catholic to LSU, and really the, the the seeds of ministry leadership got planted there. When I graduated high school, I was still a bit insecure, you know, as a leader and not sure how God was going to use me. But I had a desire to make Jesus known to others. And man, I just didn't have the courage to do it. <laughs> and But something happened, Todd, at my confirmation, to be honest with you. you know, it wasn't like this big whammo moment, but I can look back and I can trace, you, you know, that, that emergence of leadership and that emergence of courage to share the gospel back to my confirmation. And so on to LSU, where I got involved in campus ministry and started leading retreats and really fell in love with, with uh, sharing the gospel. And I knew I wanted to do that. <laughs> Somehow, some way, if I could earn a living doing it, oh my goodness, that would be amazing, you know. And and sure enough, God has been really faithful, and I've been able to do full-time ministry now for almost 25 years. That's amazing. Um, so, you know, John Lesty is, again, in my mind, just a legend in the Catholic faith here in, in Acadiana. He is, and and he comes from a very, I guess, charismatic family, and which is also legendary, you know. But tell me, at what point, and I know it must have been early on, that you were introduced to the faith, and you mentioned confirmation. What, what was it then that happened? You know, it was early on. I mean, I don't ever remember not knowing the name of Jesus, which is such a blessing. I mean, I, I thank my parents now. Of course, as a kid growing up, I, I used to be a, a little bit 
you know, uh, I don't know, somewhat bitter at times about how strict and, and firm in the faith my parents were because it cost me socially to be so holy. You know, you, you go to uh, to school and I, I was the holy roly kid, you know, the holy roller or the, the Jesus freak. Or, and, and sure, you know, as, as, a, as a teenager, that, that was a wrestling match internally. But, uh, boy, I even thank God now for that time because it did develop in me a fortitude uh, to stand for the faith. And, of course, kids mature and, and so many of my classmates, you know, they've grown into to be wonderful Catholics and amazing people of God. And confirmation, you know, there was a, there was something there where I wanted it to be for real. I really did. I had, <laughs> I share the story from time to time and it's a silly story, but I kind of grew up, like I said, with a wrestling match inside. And so I had this desire to be liked Yet I also had this real desire to love Jesus, follow Jesus, and to help make Jesus known. And so there was, there was how was that going to all work out socially? Well, the waffling back and forth was was inconsistent, and and uh, it didn't work for for a lot of a lot of my early years. And I had to decide. I had to decide what I was going to be, who I was going to be, when was I going to take that stand? And I remember being challenged by one of my high school teachers, my junior year in high school literally a few weeks, maybe a month before my confirmation, uh, I had made a big, <laughs> goofy, silly, goofy, goofy mistake in class, uh, thinking it would be funny. I, I said a curse word out loud in class. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in my little Catholic school, it was going to be a little shock effect. And I was going to get some high fives and fist bumps in, in the locker room after school that that was really funny. But it wasn't funny. It was like this epic flop, epic fail. And everybody's looking at me with this horrified you know, shock, like, who said that? That was John? Like, what? <laughs> and uh, and it wasn't funny. And it wasn't, you, you know, it was just an epic fail. And I remember my English teacher, uh, who was uh, Mr. Ron Bowden. I'm going to give a shout out to Absolutely. Mr. Ron Bowden. Uh, another good Cajun Catholic. Another really good Cajun Catholic. He came over and he knocked on my desk three times. <laughs> and then he asked me two questions. And those two questions really changed my life. Uh, Mr. Bowden said, John, uh, you need to decide who you are. He said, so are you this amazing Catholic leader that we all love, or are you this phony, this clown? And (laughs) I was like, wait, what? And the first question, Todd, to be honest with you, it didn't register that he was talking about me, an awesome Catholic leader. I was like, who thinks I'm a leader? Nobody's following me, right? But that's how my classmates I guess saw me that's how teachers saw me I didn't see it in myself yet they did see it in me and it was there so I pondered that question who am I going to be and literally leading up to my confirmation I remember praying and begging God like Lord please let me mean it and I remember walking up with my sponsor over my shoulder walking up to Bishop Harry Flynn in St. Mary Magdalene Church in 1992 you know to be confirmed and and just saying John you need to mean it John you better mean it and sure enough I was disposed, I suppose, to those graces because my life has never been the same. That's beautiful. You mentioned in college, too, that, that you had, a, I guess, a, as well, a confirmation and, and a, you know, a conviction. What happened in college? Well, in college, the Lord just really opened up doors into ministry. And I remember showing up at the Catholic Student Center at LSU, Christ the King, Catholic Student Center, another shout out. Um, and... You know, when I got there in the 90s, early 90s, there wasn't much going on spiritually in the Catholic Center. There was a pizza night, maybe a movie night. There was some social things going on with the Newman Club. Um, But again, coming from this 
Catholic charismatic background, growing up in community in Abbeville in prayer groups and, and learning praise and worship. And then through my high school experience at Vermillion Catholic, I, I was like, man, I want to I want to praise God. I want to share the Bible. I want to I want to learn and grow. And so I wound up running into uh, and making friends with a handful of kids from Lafayette, from St. Thomas More High School, who were also coming out of an awesome campus ministry experience with Dan Jurek, uh, Michael Keefe, and, and some of those guys from the early 90s, and uh, Mike Patin. And so I, I immediately gravitated to those guys, and we started a Bible study, prayer group, share group, whatever, at LSU. It was Thursday nights at 6.30 called Shared Praise of God. And you know, Todd... I mean, I don't know. I've been out of college for 20, 25 years, and I've been back to LSU a few times, and that shared praise of God, 6.30 on Thursday nights, is still in the bulletin. Wow. <laughs> and so it blew my mind. I was like, look at this. Um, well, I'll tell you, I had a, a gentleman on the show, um, Hugh Tran, and he entered seminary last week, and wow. uh, he said that his, his uh, calling to the priesthood was through that Bible study. You gotta be kidding me! I am not. Oh, I have chills. Man. <laughs> Praise God! So there Praise you go. God. Still going. That's incredible. So yeah, and so then we started to do, you know, from the little prayer group and share group came this real desire to share the faith, this real desire to help make Jesus known. So we started to kind of offer ourselves to the neighboring uh, uh, parishes and the diocese of Baton Rouge to do confirmation retreats, and and so it just sort of that's where the fire of ministry was lit in me, and and I just I fell in love. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, charismatic. When you think of the Catholic Church, you know, it's not always something. I was uh, talking to uh, one of our employees this morning about our faith and how, you know, we're not sort of Pentecostal in that way, but yet it's something that I'm certainly attracted to. And I know, like, we're friends with Calvin James, and he's supernatural. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you know, we know guys like that, but you right, are in right. touch. And I know he just came off the charismatic renewal. You know, what is... Let's let our listeners in on a little peek right. behind the curtain on what, what 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 is the charismatic side of our Catholic faith. Wow, well, that's a great question. I'm so glad you asked. Uh, yeah, we are fresh off of the Renew Conference um, here here this last fall, and uh, so the Catholic Charismatic Renewal. I'm I'm going to do this as, as concisely as I can. I'll start with the word charismatic. What does it actually mean, Todd? So the word charismatic actually literally translates into God's gracious gift. Okay. Well, what is God's gracious gift to us, right? It's grace. It's grace. Gratuitous grace, all right? It, it means we can't earn it. Gratuitous means we can't earn it. We, we don't deserve it. It's graciously given because of his love for us. So Jesus says in the Gospels that there is going to be this baptism for repentance. But there was a, an, another baptism that he mentions, this baptism of fire in the Holy Spirit. We need the baptism of repentance. That's the sacrament of baptism to bring us into this family of God, to wash away original sin and to make us, you know, these adopted sons and daughters of God. Well, that baptism is sacramental. The grace dispensed is sanctifying grace, right? That's the grace that makes us holy. And this is all of our entire faith. It's about grace, starting with sanctifying grace, the grace that makes us holy, right? This other baptism, this anointing, if you were, or this, this um, empowerment or infusion of the Holy Spirit is another in- experience entirely, right? And that experience of it being infused with the Holy Spirit, receiving the power of the Holy Spirit. And there's two reasons that the Holy Spirit would, would, would uh, enter us or come to us in that way. Firstly, to make us holy, right? Again, that's sanctifying grace, the grace that makes us holy. And we can receive 
sanctifying grace through the sacraments alone, right? Those seven sacraments, two of which we can receive every day, every day, right? Sanctifying grace available to us. Then there's this actual grace, right? The, the, gifts, of the, the gifts, gifts of the Holy Spirit available to us daily, uh, you know, wisdom, counsel, understanding, piety, fear of the Lord, fortitude. We know those, those seven, sevenfold gifts of the Holy Spirit. That's actual grace available to us today. It strengthens us. It, 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 uh, it, it propels us in our journey, and it strengthens and edifies and, 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 and uh, fortifies us uh, to be those Catholic Christians that God designed us to be. And then this third really peculiar, really unique type of grace is gratuitous or charismatic grace. And here's what's so cool about it. It's not about me. Gratuitous grace is a con. It, it's a it's a it's a flow through. I'm the conduit for that grace. Vessel. I'm the vessel. Thanks. That's a, that's the perfect word. I'm the vessel for that grace. That grace flows through me to help somebody else to know God. Wow. So not only am I able it called right to be a missionary disciple to be to make disciples of all nations. Then God says, I'm going to give you a unique grace to do that. So you're not doing it by your own merit, by your own skill, by your own talent. I'm going to give you soup access to supernatural power through the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to make God known to others. And that's what gratuitous or charismatic grace is. And so the Catholic charismatic renewal, sort of born in the, in the late 60s on a retreat, a college retreat with about 24 college students in Duquesne, um, Washington. I'm sorry, Duquesne, Pennsylvania, uh, in a little retreat house called the Ark and the Dove. 12 of those college students were up in the chapel in the upper level of this two-story little retreat house, and they were praying the rosary, listening to some hymns, and they were just pulled to the floor by the power of the Holy Spirit and began to manifest some of the same uh, particular graces, some of those particular gifts that were manifested at the, on the day of Pentecost, right? And so when we, when we come to this time of, of renewal within the church, you know, for 40 or 50 years now, the Catholic charismatic renewal has tried to be this voice, this current of grace. The Holy Father has identified it as a current of grace for the church to be invited back into this renewal in the Holy Spirit, uh, to be open to be to be open to operate in the gifts and charisms of the Holy Spirit for the building up of the kingdom of God. So many different ways that can happen. There is no one way to do this, you know, uh, but the experience of baptism in the Holy Spirit, right, is, is, a, is a manifestation of that particular grace. And it's not meant for me. It's always meant for the building up of somebody else, building up of the assembly, building up of the body, for them to experience and come to know God. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. Our guest today is John Listy. You know, we like to say Cajun Catholics is a marriage of culture and faith. John, you know, give us some examples in South Louisiana in our faith and what you've seen, what you've witnessed, some of that charismatic where culture really has met faith. Man, in so many places, Todd, in so many places, many times we, we maybe just don't have the language to put to it or the understanding that that is what is happening, gratuitous grace. For example, how many times have you been with someone, a friend, maybe in, 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 in a dire situation or in, in great uh, sadness, and they've needed comfort, they've needed counsel? And you've prayed with them and maybe you've said the little words like come Holy Spirit or you maybe say a Hail Mary or something to, to just ask the Lord to give you the right words for this person and boom, the right words are there. The exact words they need to hear, right? That's charism. Mm -hmm. That's a charism moving through you. That's the Holy Spirit working through you for the building up of that other person. It could be a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom that inspires and instructs or, 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 or uplifts them and, and turns their heart to a conviction of God's love for them. That's that's charism, right? How many times have you in the past maybe 
uh, been part of a, a circle of people and something needs to happen and there's no other way for it to happen but but through faith and through a miracle and so you pray right there's no human way for this to happen and so you pray for it and and god comes through right that's charism that's a miracle right uh how many times have we prayed for those who are sick and they've been healed so the holy spirit's at work in the church we don't have to call it charismatic if we i don't I, in fact i don't care what we call it right, right, right. we're and I, you know todd I'll, I'll mention this you know i'm often asked you know about my i guess my charismatic um Gifts, uh, or? not not so much the gifts, but that identity as charismatic, yeah, yeah, which yeah. I, I I wrestle with because there's there's really not supposed to be this separate identity, yeah, like a label, like a label, right, and, or or some sort of division within the church that there's traditional Catholics and then there's Marian Catholics and then there's charismatic right. Catholics. Can't we, let's just be Catholic. Can't we just be Catholic? right? Because here's the deal: we believe in the scriptures and the liturgy and the sacraments. And the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, don't you? Right? Absolutely. So we're Catholic, and we're dynamic Catholic, and we're called to be dynamic. Now, the expression with which we pray, that's where there's some differences, and, and, and there's lots of room within the church for different expressions of faith. I think we're all called to be open to all those different expressions for different seasons, different times, and different purposes. And uh, that's where the labels kind of come in, yeah, right? Yeah, But I think people, you know, would label you because deep down they desire that. You know, they want what you have. I, I do believe that. I see it in your eyes and I see it in your actions. And, you know, people want that. They want that supernatural experience. And um, and it's it's a strengthening of your faith. It's your faith, but then you, it's sort of a manifestation of your faith. And right. so, you know, I, I've, I know I've seen that in my life in so many ways. You know, I, t I say... Uh, through numbers for me, it's the number sixteen, or you know, um, you know, when I see doves, you know, and and it's in a very supernatural way. But how right. do you see the, this Holy Spirit? You know, I see I see it manifest in people in relationships all the time. Uh, most, uh, I guess, profoundly in 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 kind of stepping forth in faith, mm -hmm. and that stepping forth in obedience. Obedience is a golden key that unlocks so many graces. We're called to obedience to the church. We're also called to obedience to the Word of God, right? And the Word of God says we're to make disciples. We're to make this. That's the Great Commission. It wasn't a mere suggestion. <laughs> Someone said that to me once. You know, the Great Commission wasn't a mere suggestion. I thought that's amazing, right? What's the Great Commission? Go, make disciples, baptize, teach, right? And so there's four verbs there. Go, make, baptize, and teach. Well, one of those is a definitive verb, and the other the other three are participles. I, I, look. Way smarter people have come up with this. This is not original to me. <laughs> but the definitive verb means the other, the other three of those four verbs hinge on that one. And I thought, oh, it's got to be go, right? It's got to be go. We got to all go. Well, it's not because you can answer the question. If you can answer the question why to each of the verbs with one of those verbs, then that one's the definitive, right? So why do we go? We go to make disciples. Why do we baptize? To make disciples. Why do we teach? To make disciples. So what's the, the real definitive action of the Great Commission? Make disciples. So there's, there's a duality, a dynamic to Christianity, right, Todd? That's right. I am to fall in love with and follow Jesus and say yes to Jesus personally, right? But it doesn't end there. The dynamic is I am to follow Jesus and I am to share the love of God. I am to spread the gospel and I am to make disciples. And God knew that we needed his power, his grace his anointing to be able to make disciples. And so the, the experience of the Holy Spirit within you and I is twofold, to make me holy and to empower me to make God known to others.
That's awesome. Uh, and look, when Christ said go to the Cajuns, he meant G-E-A-U-X. <laughs> Spell yeah. that right. Spell that right. <laughs> so, all right, John, I know you've traveled a lot and done a lot of mission work even recently. And what is it, you know, that the Cajun Catholics bring out to the world when you're out there missioning? You know, are we unique in, in what we do or are or, or we just one of God's children? We're just one of. You know, so you, excited to be out. You know, It's both and, you know, you get that experience of the universal church out on mission in the mission field, whether it's a home, you know, home based mission, a a effort of charity within our own community or getting out into the to the world, going abroad overseas and serving in a third world, you know, situation in third world poverty, Uh, watching our especially our young people. Unbelievable. Uh, it's 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 mind-boggling. It's, it's mind-boggling watching them really embrace the gospel and really embrace that that great commission to share the good news with the poor. And here's you know something that that was again kind of a little revelation as I prayed um, through uh, this exciting opportunity to work in missions and in, in service to the poor. When Jesus is asked by John the Baptist's disciples, okay, John the Baptist is in prison. Remember. Let's kind of dive into the gospel here. John the Baptist is in prison. He knows he's not coming out. Like there's a high likelihood he's not coming out of prison. John the Baptist has to know this, right? And so this, you see the, the humanness in, in this question. He tells his disciples, go, ask Jesus if he's the one. He wanted this validation, this, this confirmation that he'd done it, that he'd, come, he'd done what, he'd, you know, what he knew he was born to do, which was to pave the way for the Messiah. And he, he sends the disciples and they go, okay, right? They go and ask Jesus. And, and I think Jesus is moved in that same way by John's you know, uh, humility and his honesty in this question. But here's Jesus' response. You go tell John that the blind see, that the lame walk, that the deaf hear, and that good news is proclaimed to the poor. So, so Todd, that's the evidence Jesus gives John, that the kingdom had come, that the Messiah was here, that the blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk, and good news is proclaimed to the poor. Then Jesus says to the apostles later, it's better for you that I go. They're all telling him, no, don't go, don't die. You're not going to do that, right? And he's like, get behind me, Satan. It's better for you that I go because I'm going to send another. I'm going to send the advocate. The pr- he calls it. This is what he calls it. He, Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the promise of the Father. So our full Catholic theology, right, the full meal deal is the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ has purchased for us the rewards of eternal life and has loosed for us, purchased for us, right, released for us the promise of the Father by which we are made holy and empowered to do what Jesus commanded us to do, make disciples. And then he says, you're going to do greater things than I've done. And now we look in, in the mission field and in the in the in ministry around the, the diocese itself, incredible miracles, incredible things happening. In particular, you know, and here, here's a great example of charism. You, you've asked me, hey, where, where have I experienced, you know, that outpouring of charismatic grace? You know, one of the one of the most confusing, I think, stumbling blocks with regard to the charisms, those nine charisms from First Corinthians is tongues, the gift of tongues. You know, how, how does that manifest? And is it just a personal prayer thing or is it a, a manifestation of the Spirit that's met with interpretation? And that, that, that can be, you know, that experience can be very broad. But I'll share an experience of my own uh, when it comes to tongues. You know, Jesus said, you're going to speak your words in foreign lands and, and, and all are going to understand. So I'm in, I'm in Puerto Rico. I have a little bit of Spanish. You know, over the years and years of going on mission, I've learned some Spanish. Very, very basic conversational Spanish where I can communicate and get by. I am by no means fluent in Spanish. Well, 
not long ago on a mission trip, Father Louis Richard, our pastor, was with us, and, and uh, we're saying Mass in an orphanage for a group of orphans who don't speak not a lick of English, right? And he does the Mass, for the most part, from the, the, the little Spanish um, missile, and he's kind of reading in Spanish, and, and Father Louis is very talented. He's, he, he actually speaks, I think, two or three languages. So he does very well saying the Mass in Spanish, but it comes time for the homily. And he looks over at me, and he's like, John, would you, would you preach? Would you share a little bit with them? So I stand up in front of a group of, I don't know, a room full of orphans. And Todd, with my broken, you know, incomplete Spanish, I preached for 20 minutes in Spanish. And I guarantee I was saying Spanish that I don't have. Like, it, that, that was a charism of tongues. Like, I was speaking a language that, yeah, I got a little understanding of, but I, I didn't have all that Spanish. And... And I stood there and preached, and I, and I told those young people that they were not orphans, that they were part of the family of God, that I was their brother, and that, that these, these young missionaries were their brothers and sisters, and that they're part of a greater family. And I had a young boy come and grab my leg and look up at me and say, I'm so glad I'm in your family. You know? And I understood him. And you can't, you can't script yeah, this that's stuff. Awesome. You know, it, that's the power of the Holy Spirit at work. This guy's on fire. Uh, <laughs> Amen. Amen. You know, I'll be retiring uh, next week, and John will be hosting the show. <laughs> not, so it's been nice all. knowing everyone. <laughs> Come that was on, beautiful, now. John. Uh, so, okay, we just have a couple of minutes left in the show, but um, give us a message out there. I, want, I, I like to ask some of the guests, and, and maybe we not have a lot of time here, over if there's a Bible character that you most relate to. Oh, man. I love so I many Bible that. characters. I, I get asked that a lot. Who's my favorite saint? Oh, she, or how do you pick a favorite? I want to ask a question. You get asked a lot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I, I think actually John the Baptist, to be honest with you, partially because of my namesake. Um, and for a, a long time as a kid, uh, I thought I was named after John the Baptist. My dad actually told me later I, they, they named me after John the Evangelist. Okay. but Which is great too, right? Yeah. Uh, now my kids just call me John of the Refrigerator because <laughs> I like to, <laughs> like to eat but uh, no so uh, yeah John the Baptist I think just the boldness uh, that he had and that fire I mean he he was uh, certainly unafraid uh, and if there there was fear it was overcome with just supernatural yeah. grace and supernatural yeah. courage uh, just a quick note you know I, it came to me through through prayer that you know, when Jesus retreats after the news of John the Baptist and and everyone comes and they do the, the miracle of the, of, the, of the loaves and fish I guess it's soon right after but it, to me that was the first wake in the history of the world you know mm. that's where the, 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 the idea of the wake came from yeah. I don't know that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's what came to my heart that's so, so John um, just tell us we got about a minute left. Okay. Maybe you could uh, pray us out and also sure. tell us, you know, what's 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 on the immediate horizon for you. Yeah, sure. So, uh, you know, coming up in January, we're going to have our annual uh, kickoff, diocesan kickoff for the year. Um, it's called Gifts for a King, and and uh, that that event uh, is kind of offered through the Office for Catholic Charismatic Renewal, but offered to the whole diocese as sort of a, a kickoff to the to the uh, to the year of ministry. <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> excuse me, the year of ministry and. Um, it's going to be this year hosted uh, uh, by by you know a different parish sort of hosts each year, and uh, and so we kind of rotate where that where that event's going to be held. Um, I am uh, really excited about the year to come. You know we have some arise nights and uh, some seminars coming up at different parishes, and so just kind of keep your nose to the wind. Uh, you know our websites uh, got all the updated information with our upcoming events and. We're just so excited to offer ourselves a service to the diocese, in particular two ways, healing 
and equipping, you know, helping to, to bring about the healing that's needed in our diocese and in our church and, and then equipping the laity to emerge in those leadership roles, those ministry roles that are so desperately needed in the church. John, you've been such a blessing to me and my family, and I love you, man. Thank I you love for you coming too, Todd. Thanks, man. Uh, you've been listening to Cajun Catholics with John Listy. Uh, energize the Cajun Catholic in you, and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much, John.